welcome back to another edition of Everyday Therapy. Wow, this is exciting with our new name, and we <laughs> are hoping that you are starting your new year uh, with our new name as part of it and doing everyday therapy as a regular part of your life. And if you are enjoying everyday therapy, I want to encourage you, please share this with other people. We, The people who do talk to us, uh, they really indicate that this is scratching an itch for people. It's highly mm-hmm. relevant. Yep. And it's not that Krista and I are awesome. It's just that well. I think the co- well, yeah, <laughs> maybe there's a little truth in yeah, there. Yeah. But it's the content. And mm-hmm. it, it's this is really no different than what any of the therapists here at Nystrom are doing. Every day. Yeah. And we, as a company, we want to empower people to become the best version of themselves. So please share this. Share it with somebody else and let them know about it. Yep. Exactly. Well, we want to let you know where we uh, left off last time. We were talking about dialectical behavioral therapy. And yes. we're going to be talking about this quite a bit. And yep. there's, it's a huge umbrella with much going on. And what I like about dialectical behavioral therapy is the founder, Marsha Linehan, mm-hmm. is basically taken therapy and principles of psychology and sort of pulled it all together from all these different areas and made dialectical behavioral therapy. So yes. in a way, we are still talking a lot about different areas of psychology that have all been brought together under one big umbrella. And so we talked last week about assumptions. We did. And it's really brilliant because I think I wanted to, we were talking about, we need to review what we what we discussed last time with assumptions. But I, really briefly, in case anyone um, missed last week, dialectical is a big word. And we won't spend as much time as we did the last episode. You can go back and listen to it. But um, dialectical is a word that basically means there can be two sides, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a both and way of looking at things. So a dialectic would be, you know, um, acceptance and change is an example of a dialectic because... On the one side, you can accept reality as it is, and you can still want it to change. Those yes. things can be true at the same time. Yes. And the way I also describe it, it to my DBT patients is think about it this way. When we think about starting with acceptance mm-hmm. and change, what we talk a lot about in DBT is mindfulness. We did a little bit about this in the podcast in the past, and we'll talk about it more coming up. Mm-hmm. But when we think about mindfulness is simply becoming aware, aware of what's going on, aware of the present, et cetera. And so really, when we think about change in general, it's a three-step process that's very simple to understand. Okay. Awareness, mm-hmm. acceptance, mm-hmm. adjustments. Ooh, I, I like it. first have to become aware. Mm-hmm. And then as I become aware, I, I can't judge myself for that. Because now when I judge myself as I become aware of something... I shut down any process of change. Sure. And so awareness would be like mindfulness. Acceptance is that first aspect of the dialectic Mm -hmm. of dialectical behavioral therapy where we validate ourselves like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. We turn uh, being critical about ourselves into being curious about ourselves. Yep. And so that awareness then acceptance is what really prompts and allows there to be adjustments. So many times we just go in, try to make adjustments in our <laughs> lives, try to change, and we start pretty strong, fresh out of the blocks, and mm-hmm. then we, we lose our gas because 
it's not balanced. There's no acceptance. There's no change. There's no awareness. There's, yep. uh, yeah, it, it just really makes things difficult. So, so why have assumptions about deep, like, so these are DBT assumptions. We went over last time we started, yes. we have a few more to go over. Why have assumptions about deep, about people? Uh, because it's unavoidable. I would say. Okay. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. I have assumptions about people every time we go. And I think that's why people are so uh, worried about being judged yep. and they are worried about rejection and mm-hmm. public speaking is the number one fear True. still that people True. have. And why? What is it right. about public speaking is judgment. people are worried. What are people thinking of me? Mm-hmm. So judgments kind of, we know that we are going to be judged. And how do we know that so well? Because we do it. Mm-hmm. And with our judgments, <laughs> our assumptions. Right. And so we're not saying have assumptions. We're just saying let's be aware of mm-hmm. our of our assumptions and let's accept that maybe sometimes we don't have the best assumptions that are effective sure. for us. Sure. And then let's make some adjustments to those. Nice. Nice. So the first assumptions we went over last time are um, fascinating. One, the first one, people are doing the best they can. So that includes other people and myself. So Mm -hmm. all people at any given point in time are doing the best they can. Yes. Two, people want to improve. So a common characteristic of all people, again, myself included, is that they want to improve their lives and be happy. Those are those are two huge ones right there. Two and those first two really, if we think about it, are highlight that first aspect of the dialectic of acceptance. Acceptance. Right. Start there. Okay, we start there. Yes. Then um, here's where it gets really interesting. The third one, people need to do better, try harder, and be more motivated to change. Yes. So while we are admitting people are doing the best they can, they do want to improve, and they can do better, try harder, and be more motivated. Love how you emphasize the and. You've got to. Yes. I learned last last episode, you can't, you know, if I had said but in there then, instead of the word and, yes. that's, we want to, we don't want to do that. Why? Because then you're. Because then you're kind of canceling out. You're negating the first half, right? You're letting your butt hang you're out. Let- right. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but I'm, you know, know, we got to be real here. Yes. Right. Yeah. Our podcast <laughs> has just gone PG-13. So we we want to do this and we accept, we accentuate the and mm-hmm. to sort of condition our clients and ourselves over and over again yep. to be more inclusive in our language mm-hmm. and not so exclusive, which is what the word does is it excludes it and validates. And now notice this too, parents, this is what where parents begin a lot too. Mm-hmm. Number three, it says people need to do better, try harder, be more motivated to change. Okay. I think that's where a lot of parents start their parenting. Okay. So we parent our kids a lot of times when they've messed up. Oh, wow. And so we begin with change. Mm. You know, let's say, you know, the teenager is supposed to be home at 11. They get home at 1140. Mm. And so that's when we do our parenting. That's when they get attention. Right. And we start with change. Do you realize it's 1140? Why didn't you call? Do you realize when you don't call, we worry about you? Mm-hmm. Do you realize everything that can happen to you? you need we to be said 11 o'clock. Yeah. And when we say 11, we mean, we mean 11, 11, right? And so <laughs> notice how a lot of times our parenting happens when we're in a little bit of elevated emotion and we begin with change mm-hmm. and expect our kids so it's kind of laughable when you hear it out loud. We expect our kids to change when we start parenting them with you must change. Wow. 
And it's highly ineffective uh, because what do kids hear in those moments? They hear, do you remember the Peanuts cartoons? Remember the teacher? (laughs) (laughs) That's all they hear. Sure, sure. When parents are starting with change. Mm -hmm. And as we've been talking about, change doesn't happen and nor is it sustained when we start with you need to do better and try harder. Sure. And, you know, as a pastor, all right, I'm throwing this in. because oh, do it. I'm getting on Come my soapbox. On my box. <laughs> Those are the steps. This is so anti antithetical to what Christianity is and mm-hmm. that I've seen in churches so much, too, is the beginning point is you have to change. <laughs> you have to Chip try chop. harder. You have to do better. You have to be more moral, et cetera. And, and mm-hmm. the irony is <laughs> that, uh, at least when I read the Bible, God never begins with change. He always begins with Acceptance always begins with validation, always begins with love. Mm. And yet it, we, I, I say this because I know so many people that come into therapy yeah. and their experience in the church environment is just what this is. You need to do better, try harder, be more motivated to change. Wow. And so I'm just getting okay. off my soapbox okay. here. Okay, I'm, I'm going to step up on my soapbox okay. now. Ready? please. <laughs> Wow, you're um, taller. Th- I am. I know. I'm looking down among the the peasants. Um, <laughs> uh, so the twelve steps. Yes. The first step. We admitted we were powerless over blank. Yes. Thing. So it started with acceptance. Mm-hmm. Acceptance. You know, they always say the first step is admitting there's a problem. Yes. You have to you have to accept this first, mm-hmm. and then change only comes once you've admitted. It can't happen any other right, way. Right. Right. Yes. So, okay. Step and down. the irony. No, no, stay up there. Uh, <laughs> okay. The irony is that what what do we tell people? Like if somebody has, well, whether it's an addiction or they just can't get over some habit in their life. Right. You need to, well, just, you have to try harder. You have to do better. Well, mm. if I, how, I, that's just nonsensical. Like if right. I could do better, I would. would. And I, I can't. That's why I'm powerless. Right. So if I'm powerless. Yep. Exerting power over something I, I'm powerless doesn't, over. Like that doesn't even doesn't make, make sense. sense. I can't possible. exert power if when I don't have any. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and I have to accept that. Yep. And when we don't, it really leads to misery and suffering. Yes. Yep. Yep. So all right. What's, what's number four? So number four, people may not have caused all of our own problems and they have to solve them anyway. Mm. Okay. So that was where we left off on the last episode. We kind of, we delved into that a little bit, but, and, and <laughs> now if I, now when I say it, <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, no, not at all. Um, so people have to change their behavioral responses and alter their environment for their life to change. So it's not enough to just say, I'm doing my best. It's not enough to say, hey, I want to do better. There has to be a change. Now we're into yes. change, right? Right. Of my environment and my behavior. Right. I may not be responsible for what happened to me. Yep. And I'm responsible for what I'm going to do about it. Exactly. Which really flies in the narrative I hear a lot in our culture today is that you made me feel this way. Yes. And that's the end of the story. Right. Period. Period. And so I'm exempt. I have no responsibility at all because you're responsible for how I feel, which really is... It's a wrong, it's an erroneous statement. You right. are not, I, those are my emotions. Uh-huh. My emotions didn't come directly from what you did or said. My emotions right. came from my perceptions and my thoughts and my beliefs yep. about what you did and said. So right. 
Those are my emotions that come from my thoughts and feelings. Right. And so, so who can change those if, if they're yours? You need to. <laughs> <laughs> By being different, right? Right. By not saying the thing yeah. that I said. You know, you really should. Yeah, there you go. Yes. There you go. And because you don't, I, I don't change. So in other words, what we're doing is we're like, I thought you did a nice job highlighting the onus of, of control is on myself mm-hmm. for my feelings. I, mm-hmm. I can't wait for somebody else to change. Uh, ain't happening. That's, yeah, it's, it ain't happening. And the onus of control and responsibility is mm-hmm. on me. Right. Right. Because even if someone does change, that's not going to help me ultimately. Mm-hmm. Right. I have to be the one. Right. Absolutely. Okay. And so notice how empowering that is. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can feel sort of um, negative and critical or someone's being critical of us. Like, well, what are you going to do about that? That's your responsibility. But mm-hmm. it, it's not meant to be disempowering. It's meant to be empowering. Notice. Sure. You. This is your responsibility and you've got control over it. Yep. I like it. Now, people can only hear that if we're leading with acceptance and validation first. Okay. So. So. Number five. Number five. Of these seven. So number five, new behavior has to be learned in all relevant contexts. So new behavioral skills have to be practiced in the situations where skills are needed, Mm -hmm. not just in the situation where the skills are learned. Yes. Okay. So. This kind of reminds me, uh, what we're talking about is generalizing Mm -hmm. because these assumptions, we want to be generalized to all aspects because Mm -hmm. it applies to all aspects of life. And what happens a lot of time for people, they can be one way at work and totally different at home. Right. And so we can be really nice to everybody at work and then a jerk once we're at home. Right. So what good does it do me to sort of compartmentalize these assumptions in one environment Mm -hmm. and then not be able to apply it in another? True. It doesn't really do much good. Yeah. It it helps in in that one environment. Yep. And yet I'm still suffering. I was going to say suffering is the word that came to mind. It's like, I'll, I like partial suffering. (laughs) Right. Like I'll suffer at work, but not at home or vice versa. Right. Right. And I, I use that analogy because I think it's prominent. And I think when we do come home, it's hardest mm-hmm. because when I come home, I'm actually, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm stressed. I'm right. stressed. I'm hungry. I'm angry. I, right. Maybe not lonely, but I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Um, I might mm-hmm. start to get bored. And so I've got all of these variables and vulnerabilities when I come home. So it's harder mm-hmm. and it's just as necessary. Maybe even somewhat argue even more so at home. Right. Yeah, Exactly. So, okay. yeah, we don't want to just be better at work or yep. better at home. This is, needs to be generalized everywhere, all of mm-hmm. these assumptions. I also like the emphasis on behavior um, mm. it, because actually the next one has to do with behavior as well. So I'll just throw out the next one, um, number six. All behaviors, actions, thoughts, and emotions are caused. Ooh, ooh. Huh. Hmm. Okay. Because <laughs> I was about to say... The focus is on behavior with number five. New behavior has to be learned in yes. all relevant contexts. So not just at work, not just at home, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then the next one says all behaviors are caused, but there's it it also says behaviors parenthesis mm-hmm. are actions, thoughts, and emotions. Whoa. Yeah, it's hard to think of a, a thought as a behavior or an emotion as a behavior. As a behavior. Right? And we I do. like it though. Yeah. And you and I as licensed marriage family therapists. We view all behavior as communication, too. 
Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're always behaving. We're always communicating in some way. And people are always trying to understand, like we yep. talked last time or was it this time, that, yeah, people were behaving. We're making assumptions and judgments mm-hmm. about all sorts of behaviors. That is a behavior mm-hmm. about other people's behavior. And so that's why everyday therapy is such a relevant name because yes. we're doing it every day. Every day, all, all the time. Ways. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So what does that mean, though, specifically? Let's like, let's be more specific about all behaviors yep. are caused. We know what behaviors are. Yep. Much more uh, comprehensive than we thought. But okay. what does it mean that they're caused? Well, what I first thought of is as opposed to happening randomly, right? Yes. Like just out of the air, out of nowhere. Yes. This is just completely out of left field. I have no idea where this is coming from. Yes. <laughs> right? And people, we, we too tend to think that. Oh, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think that regularly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if I'm in a if I'm in a cranky mood on a given day, I'm like, well, this is random. <laughs> yes. I mean, once I think more about it, I can usually pin it down. But yeah, yeah. it's it's tempting to just be like, well, this is this is out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. I can't do anything about this. Right. And we I think when we don't understand other people's behaviors, we forget this. Oh, absolutely. When we just find someone's behavior so incredulous, so, so injurious. And, yep. Yeah, frustrating. How could you do this? Uh, we forget that there's a cause. And ah. I think of the one of my professors in grad school and seminary, uh, Sandra Wilson. Uh, she wrote a book, Hurt People, Hurt People. And oh, that is that. Yeah, I've heard that phrase, but yeah. I didn't realize it was a book. Yeah, yeah, it's a great book. She's one of my best profs uh, in the counseling department. And nice. Yeah, hurt people, hurt people. So we you know, we we look at people; they hurt us, and that's all we see. Again, I love what you said last time. Mm. There's uh, more to the story. There's more, more to the story, right? Yeah, yeah. right. And, that's and not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. Yes, yep. and sometimes there's a prequel to the story. So I have this person who I'm just really frustrated with because they're so impatient and tolerant of me. They're kind of rude. Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck is their problem? Right. And I have zero tolerance for it. And I, why? Because all I'm seeing is I'm hurt by this person. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see any greater context. I just assume this person just landed from outer space yes. with no context and just started acting this way towards me. Right. And yet this hurtful behavior from this person comes from a person who was probably hurt or hurting in some way. Well, it reminds me of one of my favorite things in, in a movie or, you know, in a film is when they're, they, they lay out some crazy situation, right. And then they do a flashback. Yes. And then they, which provides more context for what's happening. Yes. And a lot of times it's, you know, something has happened to this or that character. Yes. And then you flash back to the present day and you're like, oh, that's why. That's why. That's why they're doing that or that's why they think that or whatever. Such a good example. Yeah, it's it's fun. I love that. And suddenly you're aligned with this person. This person who was kind of like your enemy, you know, in your mind, like this character, what Mm -hmm. a jerk. Yep. And then you see the backstory and you can find yourself aligning with someone who was once your enemy. That's very dialectical. Mm Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. much more of that in yes. our culture. <laughs> I yes. need more of that. Yep, exactly. So it's realizing everyone's behavior is is caused. And that, again, as you said last time, that applies to me. Mm-hmm. The hardest person for me to apply this with is oftentimes myself. Right. You know, wh- why did I do that? I can't believe I did that. Yeah. And yep. uh, on kind of a little tangent note, I think, is 
our behavior is very complex. Mm-hmm. And when I look at one behavior that I've done, I realize there is a, a whole slew of complex factors and variables that went into my one specific behavior. But I become intolerant of myself because I just see one simple little aspect of my behavior. So I can't believe I did that. Right. And then you stop there. It's, stop well, it's there. easy to right. stop there and be like, well, now I, you know, now I did this and now I screwed up and, you know, I set my New Year's resolution and I already broke it and therefore I'm going to quit. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Maybe I had a tough week. Maybe I had a lot of migraines that week and I didn't perform as well. Or maybe I didn't get enough sleep or <laughs> um, maybe I was just stressed, had a lot of other demands. And, and right. so we, we forget all of this greater context. Yep. Okay. So that's number five. All behaviors and actions are caused. And we want to be looking beneath the surface. I just want to add this with it too, because it was yeah. so helpful for me. Growing up, my my dad was a cop. My mom was a nurse, worked mm-hmm. with people and saw people uh, at their worst times. Oh, yes. And they had fascinating stories. And I, I remember imagine. coming home and we'd have dinner and so, Brett, how was your day? And I'd say, oh, man, I'm so frustrated with my friend such and such. All he does is talk about himself and, you know, he's so rude and it makes me so mad. And I remember my dad would always get very serious, hmm. not harsh, but almost kind of uh, profound. Mm-hmm. And he would say with all earnestness and sincerity, he'd say, Brett, you need to remember you come home and you have two parents Mm. who are here mm-hmm. and they listen. Mm-hmm. Your friend such and such may not have that. Right. And may not have anybody who will listen. Mm-hmm. And he said, there's always a reason why people do what they do. Ah. And he said, you need to remember that and look for the reason. Wow. I never forgot that. It was so powerful. And he just, he drilled it into me. It's probably a thing I'm probably most indebted to my dad for is in drilling that within me. That all behaviors are caused. Right. And when I see that all behaviors are caused, I can move from intolerance to compassion with people. Right. And imagine if we can do that with ourselves, too. Right. Well, and the other piece in there is curiosity. Mm-hmm. That so not only is it, you know, there's a reason and then there's, it goes from kind of judging how they are to like being curious about why they're that way. Absolutely. Like there's a reason why. So it's like, okay, well, I wonder why. Yes. Because that was my next thought is I wonder why your friend was that way. And it reminds me how I used to try to end the podcast mm. uh, way back when we started. It's such a powerful phrase. We, When we can understand all behaviors are caused, we move from mm-hmm. what is wrong with him to I wonder what happened to him. Yeah. Kind of like what you were just saying. Right. Right. And and notice, you know, the intolerance and then those ineffective intense emotions mm-hmm. that are inherent with, what is this problem? What's wrong with him? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with her to more acceptance mm-hmm. of, I wonder what happened. Right. And, and even as equally as powerful, I think, is the... What instead of if I make a mistake or if I do something I'm displeased with, you know, instead of what's wrong with me? Yes. Right? What's my problem? What's my problem? Why am I like this? Yes. Right? What what happened to me? What's happened to me? Mm -hmm. Right? There's a cause. There's a cause. Yeah. And I could see some people kind of being like, well, isn't that making excuses? (laughs) Right? 
<laughs> I'm so glad you brought that yeah, up. Yeah, because, you know, am, am I just letting myself off easy, right? Like, am I just letting myself off the hook if I'm saying, you know, well, there's there's a reason why something happened to me. Yeah. Right? And I would I would like to ask myself and ask any listener, mm-hmm. this is a tough question, because I'll ask that question too. Like, how did you phrase that? Like, am I just letting this person off the hook? Yep. When I ask that question, why am I letting this person off the hook? Or uh, am I just letting this person off the hook? Brett, why is why is that a problem for you? Okay, there you go. Just there you no- go. Just notice, Brett, you're having trouble with that. <laughs> well, why is that? So my focus goes to me now mm, instead of on the other person. Okay, I like that. And then, because I was thinking of it too as like, okay, if I'm going to say to myself, instead of saying to myself, what's my problem? What's wrong with me? Saying... What's happened to me? I wonder what's going on with me. Right. Right? Yes. That, and then if I go to, well, are, am I letting myself off the hook? It's like, well, yeah, but what's wrong with that? <laughs> what's wrong right? with that? Why yeah. shouldn't you let yourself off the hook sometimes? Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. It just, it kind of depends, right? Right. And why is this bothering me so much? Because mm-hmm. this is, that's an emotion. Yes. And it's, whose emotion? It's mine. Yeah. So it's, whose responsibility? It's mine. Right. So, yeah, I'm glad we kind of paused on that a little bit to highlight that. Me too. And I actually think, so this brings us to our last assumption. I think this relates. So the last assumption, figuring out and changing the causes of behavior work better than judging and blaming. Yes. So when we were saying, well, am I just letting this person off the hook? It's like, well, what do you, what's effective? (laughs) What's effective? Right? Yeah. So so instead of asking the question, I'm letting this person off the hook, maybe asking, is this an effective way to deal with the situation? Yes. Right? It's not about right or wrong. It's about oh, what's so right. Good. What you said. Yeah. So, we want to pivot from right or wrong to effectiveness. Right. Because it goes on to say judging and blaming might be easier. And if we want to create change in the world, yes. we have to change the chain of events that caused that unwanted situation. So right? hard. Oh, do. my goodness. <laughs> right? It's funny. You're like, you sat back in your chair when you said yeah, that. Yeah, right. I'm wow, like, oh, I need, a, I, I need a rest. <laughs> yes. It is hard. Because it is easier to judge and blame. It's so quick. Yes. It's like, okay, moving on. This person goes in that category, that box. Okay, I'm, I'm oh, good. I'm good right. to go. Oh, right? You said moving on. so well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so I remember uh, a time when I was a pastor and I just got so frustrated driving again. Uh-huh. Um, because everyone's so slow. It's not that I'm too fast. Uh, everyone's too slow. And the on-ramps on a, on a highway, you know, uh-huh. the on-ramp, they're called an acceleration lane. That's the name. Okay. Kay. So that implies you're to be what? Accelerating, right? So this is a big bugaboo of mine. Okay. And because I think it's like if you get on going 40 miles an hour in 55 mile an hour traffic and everyone's going 60, that's yeah. dangerous. And for me, it's stress producing too. And so I remember trying to come on and uh, there's this white Honda in front of me and I'm like, oh my gosh. And it's the longest on-ramp ever. So you have of plenty course. of time to accelerate. So much time. This person accelerated, <laughs> I think from 39 to 40 or about a quarter mile on-ramp. And I am steaming mad. And I'm like, come on, you know, and yes. I want to honk. I want to flash my lights. Like, come on, let's get moving. But I had a better idea. I'm going to, as soon as I get on, I'm going to pull next to the person. I'm going to give the person 
the look. You, oh. Not the finger. Okay, okay, okay you well, were. <laughs> hey, I wasn't going to judge you because yeah. I'm thinking, let's let's do this. <laughs> right, right. Let's do this. So, but I, well, you know what the look is, oh, right? Yeah. It's where you kind of, yeah, give them the look like what? Yeah. Yeah. Total judgment, yep. total uh, non-acceptance. Mm-hmm. And so I am steaming man and I pull up right next to this person and I'm about to give him the look and it turned out to be one of the sweetest old ladies from my church. <laughs> And instantly, I had control of my emotions. There you and go. And I just smiled and, wow. and I waved like, hey, hi, how are you? Yes. And what was also interesting is my emotions did change mm. from intolerance, total lack of acceptance to compassion. Because why? I understood. Yep. This is so-and-so. Oh, She's I older. love that example because yeah. it is proof that, mm-hmm. an emo- you know, you like you said, my emotion changed. Yes. In the moment. In that moment. Yeah. Because, and it didn't just sort of zap, I'm changed, my emotion, my whole perception changed. And what was it specifically? The perception was uh, about the cause of this driver's behavior. Yep. And in in that instant, there was just a wash of acceptance. And I did have some judgment now Mm -hmm. and some shame. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, towards myself. Towards yourself. Right. And For I being add, so upset. I would add that that sense of shame in our little bugaboo of mine, soapbox, <laughs> is shame is not inappropriate. For It was appropriate mm. for me to have a sense of shame mm-hmm. uh, towards that person and mm-hmm. how I was feeling and how I wanted to act. So mm-hmm. that shame actually gave me motivation to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It helped me remember also, like what we're talking about here, that changing the cause of the behavior. Yep. I, in my mind, the cause was this is an insensitive person, uncaring, oh. in their own world, totally selfish. Yeah, selfish and self-absorbed, doesn't know how to drive. Mm-hmm. And then I realized there was a totally different cause. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm doing is I'm shooting on this person. Yep. And it can be the person that's driving in front of you. It could be the person that's working next to you. It could be the person sleeping next to you in your bed. Mm-hmm. But when we change the causes, I changed from uh, shoulds to a different way of viewing things. And, mm-hmm. and one way we can do this is change our shoulds to I wish. Mm-hmm. She should or he should can be changed to, well, I really wish. Okay. I like that. I really wish this person would go faster. <laughs> And I do this a lot. Oh, this is this is super helpful. <laughs> I really wish this person would go faster. And it, it's it's it leaves it open. A should right. is such a, an absolute category to place on the person, the world, life. Mm-hmm. And there's no room for flexibility. Right. But when I can change that to I wish, I'm not making a demand. Right. And Right. It's incredibly helpful. So I have to share this example. Um, this is bonus content because we're at a about confession? we're <laughs> maybe <laughs> we're at about a half hour. So those of you who've had enough for the day, you can to, you can you know skip to the next. And episode. if you want to hear Krista's and confession, if you want to hear my confession, <laughs> stay on the line. Okay. So this reminded me when you said I wish changing from I wish it because right when you said that it it. I felt more lighthearted about the situation that you were just describing. And I thought of a situation a couple weeks ago when I was finishing up my Christmas shopping. And I really, I get my mom the same calendar every year. It's this Mary Inglebright. um, She does a new calendar every year. And it's just this beautiful artwork and whatever. This is like my thing that I give my mom every year. And my mom knows, but it's like our tradition, right? Well, I could have ordered it online, but I didn't do that in time. So now I'm out looking, right? Yeah. So I go to Barnes & Noble. 
And on the Barnes & Noble website, it says they have this calendar in stock. Ooh. So I'm like, Uh-oh. yes, I'm golden. Yeah. Well, I would do a few laps around the store and I cannot find it. So I go up to the information desk, you know, the in the center. It's like the yes. person that their one job is to like look stuff yeah. up for you. So this. <laughs> oh, no, I can see this. <laughs> this. So the woman behind the counter, I can kind of like, and I'm trying not to be judgmental. I can kind of tell right away that her investment in helping me find this item, this is my judgment, right? Yes. Is like, I just get a feeling right off the bat. So I say, I say, you know, I'm looking for this calendar. Okay, well, all our calendars are going to be over there on the far, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. I actually just looked over there. I'm wondering if you can look up in your system, you know, the Mary Inglebright. And she kind of gives me this look like, Mary what, huh? Like... <laughs> And I said, because online it says this is in stock. And she's like, well, we really have no way of knowing if that's correct. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm so, feeling frustrated okay, already. Right, yes. right, right. But what? But your example helped me because in that moment I was like, she should be more helpful. She, she has, this is her job, right? She's yes. at the information desk. And instead I kind of shifted to, I wish, I wish she would be more helpful. And then it's more just kind of funny because it's like, yeah. this is one of those interactions that you could have. If my life were a sitcom, this is what I say. If my life were a sitcom or like this would be a Seinfeld episode, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> like the person that's supposed to help me is like not at all helpful. Yes. So anyway, it just kind of gave me a chuckle because I was thinking and I wasn't rude, but I was pretty irritated. Absolutely. Because I didn't irritated even share the too. whole thing. Like it kind of went on from yeah. there. Well, but I'm irritated <laughs> even listening to it because I have high expectations for okay. customer service. Right. Me too. My kids get on me for it. And so... <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to this and kind of a way to wrap it all up to it. Yeah. I, I live and breathe this stuff. Mm-hmm. I do dialectical behavioral therapy every day of the week. Mm-hmm. I need to hear this stuff all the time. Right. And because notice the quality of life, how it really does increase when we live out all of these assumptions we've talked about last podcast and today. If we can live this out, there's no question our quality of life mm-hmm. and those around us is it's going to improve. Sure. But that means I need to be doing this kind of therapy every day. Right. And that's why we do And by the way, everyday therapy. I found the calendar by myself that day. <laughs> as soon as I walked away from the desk, I turned around and I, I was like, I'm going to look one more time. There it was. It was right there. So she was right. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't, couldn't help but kind of throw that jab in there. So it was there. It was there. She was right. It was there. All right. All right. Thank well, you for being here. Hey, anytime. Stay tuned for more confessions on okay. our next episode of Everyday Therapy. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you as always for listening and please be sure to leave us a review. While this podcast can't be a replacement for therapy, we hope you enjoyed our discussion today and join us again next time. Nice German Associates is always available to those who are struggling. If you find yourself in need of support and help, please check us out at nicestermcounseling.com.